0: What if I am unable to attend the traditional Latin Mass? A special Ask Father interview session with Father Michael Rodriguez and Father James Maudsley, hosted by David Rodriguez. Catholics all over the world are being deprived of the Mass of all ages, the most ancient rite of the Catholic Church, which goes back even to the Apostolic Age. The traditional Latin Mass is our right as Roman Catholics. And no one, not even a Pope, has the legitimate authority to ban or attempt to eliminate what all Catholics have known to be sacred, and which the Holy Ghost, through sacred tradition, has established as the fitting worship of God. Likewise, it is our right to receive Holy Communion in a reverent manner, kneeling on the tongue from hands consecrated at the Sacrament of Holy Orders. So we ask our distinguished priests, what are Catholics to do when local diocesan or even Vatican authorities actively suppress what God has divinely established? Praise be, Jesus and Mary. I'm David Rodriguez, Content Director of the Fatima Center. Thank you for joining us for this special interview discussion, in which we have both Father Michael Rodriguez and Father James Monsley. Thank you for joining me, Fathers. So we're trying to hit some of the controversial topics here, and certainly one of them, which perhaps you, Fathers, fostered a little bit in some of your Asked Fathers and the questions you've been dealing with, and that's people are wondering what they should do if they can't get to the Latin Maths. Because they certainly heard some of your videos, some of your teaching, your explanation, as well as with you, Father. And they know that it is very important to get the Latin Mass. And yet some of them are having a lot of difficulties. It's certainly growing more difficult now. But, you know, I was in a situation sometimes where I had to drive three hours one way, or maybe even four hours one way to get the Latin Mass. But there are people in the world, because again, universal church here, the whole world, who don't even get that, and where their entire country, whether it might be Panama, Venezuela, where they don't even have a Latin Mass in their country. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you talk about crossing borders with your passport to even get to a Latin Mass, that would be very difficult. So, you know, we've got a lot of those questions. We've gotten people from, for example, the Philippines, in Singapore, in Ireland. He, is, he sees the new Mass to be a complete break from tradition. But is it still okay to receive communion from the priest if he makes sure that he's receiving it on the tongue at the Novus Ordo? Deborah is telling us she can't hardly find a Latin Mass anymore. She knows of only one place in her country where it's being said. Uh, What does she do? Does she go underground? Rowena is also asking, I guess kind of connected with this, just the Latin Mass, and can I only receive communion on the tongue from the priest only? You know, What do I do if that's what I want? So I think for the people, it definitely hits them, especially with Holy Communion, receiving reverently, kneeling on the tongue the way it's supposed to be done. And so they're being denied that, and they're being denied a lot of mass, and they don't know where to turn. They don't know what their legitimate solutions are, you know, how they maintain God's law, and the sacredness, and the sanity. So, if, um, Father, you want to start off by commenting, what can, what can people do in this situation? What do you recommend? Obviously, I think that many of you,
1: I mean, especially those of you that have been sending these questions into the Fatima Center, are in a very difficult situation. I certainly can sympathize with you to a certain extent. I definitely will keep you in my prayers. I think the m- number one thing is to to really make an effort to pray. I mean, most definitely make special efforts to pray, asking for the help and in the intercession of our Blessed Mother, imploring God's mercy so that there will be a, a better solution. I mean, there'll be a light that will arrive there in your situation. And don't give up hope in terms of praying that you'll have either easier access to the traditional Latin Mass or that God will, in his mercy, bring about some miracle where there'll be, let's say, the conversion of a particular priest that will begin offering the traditional Latin Mass, maybe more likely kind of like underground, let's say maybe in a home or in, you know, not necessarily one of the mainstream parishes. But I mean, I don't think we can ever rule that out. I mean, as far as... God also helping us in those ways, for example, the conversion of a priest, or even also by some miracle, being able to get to a Latin Mass, even though it's further away. I don't think, I mean, again, this is my, my recommendation is that I don't think under any circumstances should you go to the new Mass. I think that if the situation is extremely difficult for you, and for example, you know, you don't see any other any other way, I mean, like you say, well, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get to Latin Mass. How can I, you know, not go to Mass at all? I would say, well, look, I mean, you also have to, in the end, make the decisions that you think are the best. And if you think you have to get to Mass and go to the Noble Soldier, I would say, well, you know, continue to do the best you can to, you know, love God and love the faith. I would say for those that have asked questions about receiving Holy Communion, I would definitely tell you, look, if you're at the Novus Ordo and they're not allowing you, again, a grave abuse of authority and certainly a grave sin, if the priest or the bishop or whoever there is not allowing you to receive Holy Communion, kneeling it on the tongue, I would strongly urge, I would say, look, don't receive Holy Communion. Insist on that. I mean, it's your right. And if they don't, if they refuse to give you Holy Communion, I mean, look, God knows the great sacrifice you're making. He also knows what you're going through. Do your very best to make a good spiritual communion. And again, with a good spiritual communion, we have some beautiful prayers that, for example, St. Apostles LeGoyne gives us to pray to make the spiritual communion. Pray, I mean, really make an effort to pray a good, I'd say, at least five to ten minutes prior to the time of communion and then after in terms of praying the prayers in preparation for Holy Communion and Thanksgiving after Holy Communion. More than anything else, I would recommend to you also, I mean, kind of on a practical level, I would say, look, most definitely pray the rosary faithfully. I mean, if you're not able to get to Mass every Sunday or maybe not even once a month because the Mass is simply the traditional Latin Mass is simply not available or it's too far and you simply can't get to it, especially be faithful to praying the rosary. Be especially faithful to those things that you can do. I mean, I would say I strongly encourage you, for example, Read from the Holy Bible. I mean, read from the lives of the saints. Definitely on Sunday, spend time with your missile for the Latin mass, you know, let's say praying the mass as best as you can. There are some people that what they've done, I think it's an option. You can do it if you think it'll help you. I don't think you necessarily have to do it, but there are some people that what they've been doing is they've been actually with their, I guess, phones, a lot of them with their phones, they've actually like been viewing one of the Latin masses that is being streamed over the, the, the internet. So that's one of the things that they've done. I would say that's certainly an option that you also have. But I also think that it's really important to, you know, do what you can and joining this with specific prayers, praying for this, praying for the intention that that God will, in his mercy, give you some access to the traditional Latin Mass. Really make every effort to talk to others. I mean, to try and find if there are others that are also supportive of the Latin Mass to approach the priests and bishops. I mean, I think it's, it's certainly going to be a difficult, but with God, all things are possible. And there's still always the chance that you'll be able to find a priest or again, that God, our Blessed Mother, will send you a priest that will offer the traditional Latin Mass, even if it's, you know, let's say once a month, once every two months, once every three months, something is something. But I think it's really important to pray for that and to make every effort that you can to look for that or to encourage, let's say, a priest to offer the traditional Latinx.
2: Mm-hmm. You're right, Father, with doing what we can because God doesn't require of any of us to do the impossible. And so there's a lady who emails me from Kenya. I think she said there's no traditional Masses there. And she's worried about that. But if it's really not in your hands, you shouldn't be worried about it. Just take the steps you can. So I think a lot of people come now to the TLM are used to growing up with the Nova Sorda And there's a transition phase where people are comfortable going to either. I think if someone can pray and adore God at the Novus Ordo, then good. But normally there comes a point sooner or later where you see how irreverent the rite in itself is, never mind how reverent the priest is, but so many prayers have been taken out of it and so many gestures of love for God that one can't bear it anymore without having an anger, without beginning to sin. And in that case, it's not wrong to stay away from the Novus Ordo. One would hope to find the traditional Mass. If it takes some time, then in the meantime, maybe God's giving this period to learn more and more about it by studying the the Missal, reading the prayers of the Mass every week or every day, and asking around for other people. You might find someone who's able to find a carpool solution who can drive you further than otherwise you would be able to make on your own. Or consider moving house. I've just met a couple who are changing state in order to be close to the traditional mass, which is, they found a really good spot in America where there's the Institute of Christ the King, there's the SSPX, there's others. So if things do get worse with the institutional church, there's some backup there. And also close to the parents of one of the spouses so they can fulfill their highest duties of state to God and here on earth by moving there and you know it's a huge thing to move house but if the mass is truly our priority in life and there's nothing more important nothing then we should be willing to sacrifice everything some people say I, I can't find a mass not one near me but it's, they've not yet considered can they move and you, you might have to put a lot of things on the line it's not just automatic that everybody should do this Then, if you're caring for a dying parent then that's not a good time to move away but otherwise be on the lookout where you can go.
0: You know, I like that you say that, Father, because, I mean, just personal testimony here, I mean, so far, I've moved my family three times mm-hmm. on account of the Latin Mass. Right. And the one thing I'll say is that, yes, it's certainly been, you know, it's had its crosses and its sufferings and its difficulties, but, you know, God's never outdone in generosity. Mm-hmm. So I can look back at each one of those moments, and despite the difficulties, I can see that God's given me a lot of grace, and then in the end, not necessarily, like, materially and financially, but it's definitely been a good move for our family. If
2: so. we put him first he's not going to be outdone with generosity. Exactly. And he wants us to take a step into the dark sometimes to pursue what's right and then he will take care of so many other details. To answer those questions of kneeling to receive Holy Communion, I think every single Catholic should just resolve, this is something completely in your control. There's so much that isn't in our control in the world and the church. Resolve, I will never ever receive Holy Communion in the hand. I will only ever kneel to receive on the tongue. And then it's a different matter whether or not the priest gives the sacrament. If he doesn't, never make a scene in the church. Just walk away and pray for him. And at some point later, you could contact him, visit him, and explain why he's deserting his duty as a pastor there, starving the children to death, that it's illegal what he's doing. He has to give communion to someone who's well-disposed and comes at the right time. And... If it's one person, maybe a priest will brush them off. But if half a dozen have come to him independently without organizing a campaign, and then if several priests are reporting this up to their bishops, they will have to take notice of it. And you don't lose the grace if you're well disposed, ready to make a spiritual communion, as Father said. Go there. And maybe the first two, three, five times he refuses, but his heart can change. It can life, you know
0: what? What about organizing a campaign? I mean, as you were speaking, that was something I, you know, I was making some notes, and I just thought, I think you may have said, Father, we'll take the steps you can. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, in my mind, I was thinking, I think sometimes, one, we don't study as much as we should. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we don't know how to sort of present this. Because, you know, again, we have the sense that this is how things should be, but we don't know how to talk to our priest. Right. So we have to study more. We certainly have to pray, which father you were emphasizing. You certainly have to be willing to be persecuted, which you've just emphasized. Mm-hmm. And I also thought, but there's strength in numbers. Yep. And so if a number of you could at least get together and maybe find a priest or prevail upon a priest who you mm-hmm. see that maybe you think has more disposition towards it, because let's yeah. say he's faithful on pro-life issues. He's got a reverent attitude in mass. You know, he's uh, got a love for our lady. Maybe you, know, you praise the rosary, ask holy hours. You know, like the lady know those priests. Yes. And maybe if you get a group of like 20 people and, and they've studied a little and they know, they can sure. prevail upon that priest to give them the Latin
2: Mass. There's nothing wrong with campaigning. It's good. I just I don't think it's the first step. The first step is to do what's in your control to make this resolution. I will never receive in the hand. And I, if I can kneel, I will kneel. That's the first step. And this authenticity convinces people much more than any campaign. You know, political parties, when they have mass-produced signs behind the candidate, it just looks fake. It's not convincing. If you have a few genuine signs, like the shark pilgrimage, where people are making banners in their parish, they're all handmade, they're all unique, different. That's convincing. Someone writes a handwritten short letter, and it's from the heart, that can be convincing more than a formula printed out. But the campaign is then the next step, because you're talking to other people. You might notice someone else in your church who's kneeling and being refused. Go talk to them after math strengthen each other, support each other. And our Lord said the worship of him is in spirit and truth, not on Mount Gerizim in Samaria, not on the mountain in Jerusalem. And it's ultimately spiritual. So even if, if you can't get to TLM or if you're being denied the sacrament, don't take that as you're being cut off from God. So long as you're making God your priority and seeking with your whole heart and soul and strength and mind, you will be... Well,
0: right, and that's like the rose in the spiritual community that you mentioned... Maybe, Father, if you could address one issue, which I think maybe people aren't clear on this, and this causes a real difficulty, you know, we have been taught, as well-catechized Catholics, we're supposed to go to Mass on Sunday. And I think a lot of times Catholics will sort of just, if you ask them what the Third Commandment is, they'll say, go to Mass on Sunday, as opposed to keeping holy the Lord's Day. So maybe there's also, I don't know if you can clarify the church's teaching regarding the third commandment. What are we obligated to do? Especially because you just said a minute ago, and I appreciated that we're not obligated to do what's not possible for us. Mm -hmm. So again, because I think, for example, I mean, when people came over to the Americas and you're living out in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. and then you have a little farm there, and this is where you live, and a priest comes by once a year. Obviously, you couldn't go to mass on the other Sundays, and there's been many situations in the history of the world where people cannot get to mass every Sunday for various reasons, And if you can't get to Latin Mass on Sundays, you might be in one of those situations.
1: Well, I think it's a good point because I do think it's important to emphasize that. I mean, that there is a difference between, you know, the third commandment, which is keeping holy the Lord's day and then attending at Mass on Sunday, because it is a real question of what if it's impossible for me? Many of you are expressing that in in your concerns and the questions that you're sending to the Fatima Senate. You're saying, look, I can't get to the Latin Mass. What do I do? If you actually cannot get to the Latin Mass, well, then it's something that's beyond your control. I mean, you, you don't, you're not able to uh, keep holy the Lord's day in that way in terms of going to the traditional Latin Mass on Sunday. In terms of the third commandment, which is to keep holy the Lord's day, I mean, again, that is what you must do and that is what you can do in terms of, you know, observing it as a day dedicated to the Lord. I mean, that's also why we don't perform servile work on Sunday, we set that day aside for things of God, but that's particularly why it would be extremely necessary for you if you're not able to go to Mass on Sunday, that you do observe a more prolonged, you know, time of prayer, you know, with the rosary and with praying the Mass on that Sunday, because then it is the way that you, within what is available to you, uh, again, it's possible for you. It's impossible to get to the Latin mass. Well, you're not required to, to do that, but you are required to do what you can do. So you have to make sure that you are, you know, fulfilling what you can do to keep holy the Lord's day, because in that way, then you are fulfilling the third commandment. Normally what the church has required, which obviously is something extremely serious also. I mean, it's what the church has established. It's not something that we can, you know, set aside lightly, but obviously in your situations, you wouldn't be setting it aside lightly. It's presumed that you're really making efforts, that you're, you're making special efforts to pray and to sacrifice for the opportunity to be able to get to the traditional Latin mass. But yeah, normally the church has established that one of the fundamental ways of you know, keeping the holy, the Lord's day, namely the third commandment is by, you know, attending mass on Sunday. But again, the bishops, for example, I mean, just to give you an example, you know, during this whole COVID scam and this whole COVID disaster, you had Many, many bishops throughout the world, you know, giving dispensations to the faithful and saying you don't have to come in mass on Sunday because of the COVID. Which, again, that's a whole other tragedy and a whole other issue and a whole other, a whole other, let's say, kind of worms. But I mean, that's the example of where there is just cause. Not that this was a just cause, but if there is just, there can cause, be just cause, there, yeah, that there can be a just cause for not attending mass on Sunday, and certainly if for the right. Um, reasons. I mean, namely, you're truly trying to be faithful to God, faithful to the tradition of the Church, faithful to the Mass of the Catholic Church, of the traditional Latin Mass. Certainly, if that's what you're trying to do, to be faithful to, and again, the hierarchy, the priest, the bishop, the Pope, they're not making available to you what is their responsibility and their obligation to make available to you. Well, again, then you know you do have just cause. Even though the bishop may not tell you that, you do have just cause for not going to mass on Sunday. In other words, you can't be forced to go to the noble's ordo and be told, you know, you have to go to the noble's ordo under pain of mortal sin because you have to go to mass uh,
2: on Sundays. Right, forcing people to go to the noble's ordo is the same, I think, as homosexual abuser, groomer priests who are forcing boys to do things they're uncomfortable with, and you get them to do a few times what they're uncomfortable with, and then you can just keep pushing them boundaries. And it's like forcing people to receive in the hand or to stand during the canon of the mass. They tell them to stand up during the consecration. You're basically violating people who will then lose their sense of religion and end up do whatever you will. And I think Father's right about if you literally can't get to mass on a Sunday or you can't bear the novus which is common, then that time you would give to a Sunday mass, let's say a minimum of an hour it would have been in the church plus, say, half an hour getting there, half an hour getting back, plus the time to prepare. If you're at home on a Sunday, you should dress as if you were going to church. Take the time. And have somewhere in your home that's a suitable shrine, maybe with needles or at least with statues and the crucifix. If that isn't in your home, a good, quiet place to pray with space, then make one, build one. Get it. And this is good for you for every day of your life. So this situation might be prompting some people to prepare a space in their home, Give it at least two or three hours this time on a Sunday, which you would have used if you were going to a church. Um, and part of that is the rosary. Part of it, will be reading the prayers of the Mass or the scriptures and learning mental prayer. People don't know how to do mental prayer. We'll give it a half an hour of silent prayer and learn how to do it. Ask a priest or look on the internet or ask people. And the, to pray the prayers of the Mass, no one can take in all the prayers of one Mass in one go. There's just too much. The priest can just about say everything he's meant to say. So there's no way you can exhaust the riches of it. And that includes the prayers you're saying every day or the propers of the Mass. So I would recommend people can start out with the Gospel and the Epistle for that Mass. And when you're comfortable with that, focus on either the prayers at the foot of the altar or the offertory prayers or the prayers of the canon before the consecration or after the consecration. Pick a part of the Mass and repeat this every day for two or three weeks, and then move on to a different part, and then a different part. Or every like third or fourth prayer, so you're constantly going back to it but giving yourself time then for mental prayer. And over a year or two or three years, slowly you begin to see how all the parts of the Mass work together. People feel overwhelmed, they can't take it all in at once, they might not read, but do you own a missile? A hand missile? If not, this is a great occasion to make sure you get one, a good one. yeah, Father, no, definitely, as
0: you were describing that, I thought to myself, there's, there's a lot of graces there. If a person's doing that program, you just sort of laid out, and mm-hmm. uh, you just said a minute ago about God's generosity. I can't imagine he's not going to respond with a lot of grace. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, was, I was also thinking the same thing, and kind of a little bit different, but saying, look, don't lose hope. I mean,
1: if you are making all these efforts to love God and to, again, keep holy the Lord's day, following what Father Mark just said, trust in God. I mean, God is, again, infinitely greater than anything that's taking place right now in terms of the crisis in the church. And again, God ultimately to give you his grace and to give you the grace necessary to save your soul and to give you the grace necessary to grow in, in holiness and to give you the grace necessary to grow in your love for the faith. I mean, he doesn't need, obviously normally uses them, but he doesn't need, need, need uh priest or particular priests or even bishops or, I mean... He, God is all powerful, and you have to also put your hope and trust in god and and know that God's not gonna let me down. I mean God is always faithful to his promises, and he's gonna he's gonna help me he's gonna give me the necessary graces that I need and one final thing just to remind the faithful what David mentioned just a little bit earlier it's good also why it's <laughs> it's good to Familiarize yourself more with the situations in the history of the church in different places in also different parts of the world where there definitely, there have been <laughs> long periods of time. I mean, even Japan, yeah, Irish
0: mass, even a yeah, century, even, about even
1: a century, more than yeah, a century yeah. where the faithful did not have regular access to the mass. And you, you may have had faithful that maybe didn't get to mass in years. This certainly is not ideal. And certainly it shouldn't be taking place today, but it's taking place because of the sins of the church and the sins of so many also within the hierarchy of the church. And again, disobedience to God, disobedience to the message of Our Lady of Fatima. So, I mean, there are consequences to sin, but know that it's not unprecedented. I mean, it's not like there's never been a case like that. I mean... Yeah, the one in Japan is really famous because, yeah, because, Centuries. yeah, and because so many of the faithful there, they flourished in their faith and they maintained their faith by different means, but one of them being the praying the rosary, yeah. praying the rosary faithfully. I mean, the rosary is an extremely powerful prayer. Sister Lucia also had said specifically that in our times, God in his mercy and, you know, our blessed mother that they, there's a special, uh, um, efficacy, efficacy to the prayer of the rosary. And again, We have to trust that God and our Blessed Mother knew why there needs to be a special efficacy to the Rosary in these times of very grave crisis, particularly crisis with the Mass. I mean, namely the faithful not having access to the true Catholic Mass. And And, people uh,
2: who've had it removed from them where they're accustomed to going and because of tradition's custodians would have it has been removed. Perhaps a lot of them can reassess how they see the SSPX because Archbishop Lefebvre had this foresight more than 30 years ago of the state of the church and where it was all going. And now we're seeing how catastrophic it was. So the SSPX have existed all that time and longer to provide people with full Catholic life. It's not just a question of going to a Sunday Mass, right? It is good if you can build up a relationship with the pastors there um, and with the community there. And so you get a good catechism as well. So if you're in an area where you've lost a Dawson Mass or other... Mass and the SSPX are within driving distance, then definitely it's a good thing to go to that. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. And uh, I mean, I was just, we're out of time here, So, but I will conclude maybe we do another show because one thing I was going to say that gives me a lot of hope is that we can pray a lot for our priests. I know you've both mentioned prayer and, and even talking to your priests, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know your story quite as well yet on this point, Father, but I know at least with you, Father Rodriguez, that, you know, you started saying the Latin Mass years ago, back in 2005, largely because Lady approached you. You know, they saw that right. you would have a disposition for it and they approached you and they talked to you about it and they were patient and you were patient with yourself and you did a lot of studying, I know. There were times where father would you know, he'd be up till two in the morning, three in the morning studying. So, you know, don't lose hope. You reach out to your priest as well. So maybe we can talk about that in another show. And yeah, any
2: young men who are suffering from the uh, loss of the mass, they should think about becoming a priest because then you you always have it. There you go. Wherever you go. Well, thank you very much. Uh, this has been a great episode. We need to have some
0: follow ups. Thank you for joining us. Joining us for the next one. Please do keep the Fatima Center in your prayers. Please do continue to support this Apostolate so we can promote the full message, the integral message of Our Lady of Fatima and spread it throughout the world. May God bless you. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Please include the Fatima Center among those Apostolates To whom you send a portion of your monthly tithe, regular monthly donors are vital for our continuing operation. To support Our Lady's Apostolate or to send Father a question, please visit our website www.fatima.org or call us 1-800-263-8160. By the intercession of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, may this Ask, Father, Answer help you To know, love, and serve God better. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.